0: Hi, this is PJ Harzma, and you're listening to the FSF podcast The show that was warned not to disappoint the Grand Inquisitor. Well, we all see how that turned out.
1: Oops. Our show is brought to you by our charity sponsor, the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund, which supports, this, which supports the Wish Upon a Teen Foundation that helps out sick kids when they need it most. And just imagine the comfort you'll give Red Shirt Crewman number 2015. He'll know that when he puts on the red shirt and joins the crews of the Enterprise and their struggles against the network executives, that he didn't leave his family destitute and without hope. Because the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund has his back. And what's left of his sci-fi show.
0: All right, guys, our guest today is a content creator, a writer, a producer who's been involved with companies like Red Bear Films, Couch Soup. He's also the writer of the Softwire novel series, uh, he was the producer of the Alan Tudyk-led series Con Man, which you can now find on Amazon Prime. And and by the way, seriously, folks, if you haven't stopped what you're doing to watch Con Man previously to this, ask first what's wrong with your life. <laughs> Secondly, ask when can you make time to sit down and watch this amazing show because, well, it you just need to watch it. We'll leave it at that. We'll talk about that more here in just a couple of minutes. minutes. Uh, either way, I am so excited and just, happy to welcome pj harzma to the fsf podcast welcome to the show pj
2: thanks guys thanks for having me i was really excited when you called or emailed do we say that anymore when you called i don't think anybody calls anymore because you have to call people first or email to ask permission to call them so i think we just gave up so so thank you for reaching out
0: yeah i was excited when you said yes when i got the email back i'm like guys guys look look he said yes he's gonna do he's gonna do the thing so, yeah, I was pretty excited about that because um you had lots
2: of big people in the show. I, I'm I'm I feel privileged.
0: Well, you know, uh we're we're always excited about every guest that we have come on the show. Uh because there's always a reason why we want to talk with you. So when somebody says yes, it means that yay, we get to talk about the thing. Now, let's talk about the what's the thing we're going to talk about. Well, there's a couple different things. The first thing, um so I I mentioned con man in my introduction of you. Now, mm-hmm. I only got introduced to that show uh, that show during the, the quarantine, the lost year of 2020. Mm. And yeah, yeah, I didn't know it was a thing before that. I didn't know it had happened. And one of my friends, um, his name is Jason. So he said, you got to check this show out. And so I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? I, You know, I, I mean, what else was I going to do? I wasn't going to go hang out with anybody, right? I was stuck at home. Might as well. So I put it on and. I was dying of laughter within like the first five minutes of the first episode. Alan That's Tudyk funny. is a phenomenal B hysterical. And you know, the whole scene of him sitting on the toilet with somebody trying to shove a magazine underneath the stall for him to sign it yep. uh, to me was fantastic. Um so, you yeah, want so, a secret
2: about that scene? You want yeah, a absolutely. about that scene? So when he, we were shooting that scene, star Wars was trying to get him to be uh to do uh rogue one. And, yeah. uh, they were, he was like, Oh, I'm doing this. I don't know. And even me and Nathan were like, dude, you gotta go do star Wars. What the hell? And, uh, they took that scene that we shot with him in the bathroom and took him out of it and put his ro- robot character in there <laughs> do, doing, doing it. So I actually have footage of that whole bathroom scene in con man with the robot. What was the robot he played for so. the call letters? K2SO K-2 S-O is, yes. is in toilet. I have that footage, but I, I, I have I've signed a, so many legal papers that I'm never allowed to show up. If you ever come and visit, I'll show it to you.
1: That is. I will weird. be on a plane. Now
2: you know. Yeah.
1: Honestly, just knowing <laughs> that it's it pretty,
2: exists, it's, it's pretty. And it's not. It's not the version that they ended up using. It was a much more emotive robot because he had a different eyes. And the final version they used different eyes, so it's even a different version of the robot.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So I, I so there, you I, know I, I know that you can't really see everything that's behind me here, but most of those Funko Pops are all Star Wars related. I'm a massive Star Wars fan. So the fact that, you know, yeah, that there's something out there with K2SO I have, on it I that have I haven't one, seen.
2: I have one coveted Star Wars uh, gift, and that was when uh, Alan was leaving Rogue One. He was leaving the set, and he was under a spaceship and he snapped a piece of the starfighter, whatever it was, off and brought it home to me. Oh. And I actually have a piece of one of the ships.
0: It's over there, I think. I always yeah. meant to
2: get it framed and put it on a wall, but I never did.
0: Yeah, I think I'd fight over that. Anybody came near it? There'd be a fight. <laughs> get away from my gadget. That's mine. So it's a piece of broken plastic. Shut up. It's my, it's my broken plastic. Shut up.
1: Alan stole it very square. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so the, the reason I want to talk about comment A, am I a, I'm I'm glad to. Have, heard this story because that's phenomenal um but i was hoping that you could tell me how this all came to be because i know that it was crowdfunded and, and all these things um the long story or the short story y- yes so i had
2: i had uh, um you know i wrote the softwire books right and i was yes. into advertising back then i had a production company and and i w- i had really become the joe picked Commercials. I would get mad at people. I would yell at them. I just kept raising my prices. People still kept hiring me. And then uh, for therapy, I had a big studio in LA. And for therapy, I was sitting upstairs and I was journaling. And on my journal came this character. And make a long story short, I got a writing deal. I fired everybody. I quit. I was going to be J.K. Rowling. Even moved away. And that didn't work. It was the 208 depression, and I I couldn't make any money. And the same time, at my the buyer at Barnes and Nobles and the buyer at, 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 random house, they both fired, got quit at the same time. And my book disappeared. And it was like, hell. And I called a buddy of mine and I went back to advertising. And then I was producing again and I was working for Amex and Best Buy. And then everybody found out I was, I was producing again. And I got a phone call from Alan and Alan said, Hey, I'm making this thing. I want you to shoot it. And, uh, and I he brought it to me and I read it and I read that the bathroom scene. And I was like, God, this is the funniest thing I've ever read in my life. And uh and uh he goes, Okay, I want you to shoot it. I go, Well, I'll help you make it. Let's let's make this thing. I wanna produce it. And he goes, Oh, okay, sure. So we, the the very first movie poster, the one where you see under the umbrella, him and I were like in the back of my car and we would stop by because in LA, Paramount's got this big wall that we, one of the studios, and we would run there and, and get him under the umbrella and I would shoot it and we'd come back and put it in the computer and then be like, oh, shit, I should be wet in the inside. So we'd go and do it all over again and bring water, pour water, because we have no permits. So we're just doing this running around. So we got that going <laughs> and he's got his poster and we, and then we, we both put some money up and we shot that little piece. And uh, and then, you know, because Alan's who he is, we went the traditional route. And so we had an option somewhere and and we uh, then we had another. Oh, we first had an option with the lady that canceled Firefly. We thought that was ironic. (laughs) And then and then we ended up and we were going to go with legendary and. uh, We're driving to the studio. To sign the deal, and it was a typical Hollywood deal, and it wasn't a very good deal, and uh, and I knew that Alan wasn't happy. And we're at a stoplight on the way there, and I said, Alan, you know, I know the Firefly community really well. You guys are just awesome with those peeps. They've helped out with the software. I'm like, why don't we just do this ourselves first? And he was at a moment of weakness, and he said, sure. So we didn't sign our deal, and we went, and we were, you know, that was when crowdfunding was going crazy. And we went and a month later we had 3.2 million dollars. And then from that we created the first season of Con Man. And then, then Lionsgate came in and gave us a huge deal to do eight seasons. And uh and the rest is history.
0: That's cool. Yeah, I you know, I I read up a little bit about it, and I've I because I, I sat down and watched, I, I like binge watched. the the two seasons, especially because some of the episodes are as as short as 13 minutes. Some of them, I think the longest is maybe I think 21 minutes. I think there's Mm -hmm. a couple that were 21 minutes, Um, but they were all such watchable lengths with no commercial interruptions. I mean, you could, I mean, you could binge watch six or seven episodes before you even realized it. And you're like, Oh, this is great. Plus all the cameos, the cameos in that show are out standing. Yeah. I mean the whole time I was like, at first, I was like, oh, this is going to be a funny show with Alan Tudyk. And then all of a sudden, I'm going, I was realizing I was doing cameo hunting. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. there's a, there's one, oh, there's one. There's another.
2: There's you know? so many. I, I bet you there's ones you didn't even catch.
1: Oh, I'm sure. Like Seth
2: Seth Green's wife's in, in there. Leanna Vamp's in there. Like, there's it's all these one. peeps from our circle that that's in there. And they are sometimes just have the tiniest little roles, and everybody wanted to be part of it it was fun god i this is a, my best thing i've ever done in my life i love that show so much
0: i loved will wheaton he was just so annoyed on the airplane
1: <laughs> I he laughed came up so with that
2: idea of that it was, he was so good yeah. it was so,
1: it's funny is i actually i actually watched that episode with will wheaton on the airplane right after we interviewed will wheaton like it was just oh, yeah? next in my lineup of con men, of the con men show to watch literally the day <laughs> that we interviewed Will Wheaton and I'm laughing so hard at it after the fact with the, this is ridiculous. I literally talked to him half an hour ago. <laughs> oh, no. There are
2: so many cameos on that airplane. If you look at the, who the stewardess is uh, from supernatural, I mean, there's so many mm-hmm. cameos on that, on the airplane, but um do you remember the scene? It was in season two where Nathan Fillion gets pulled over by Michael Truco? Truco's the cop. Yes. We have two hours of footage of that scene. Oh, there's there. There's a scene where Nathan gets the gun and, and, and Nathan's and, and, and Truco's trying to, Oh, you handcuff me now. Come on, you handcuff me. <laughs> and then there's ones where they're, they're running around going, no, you stop first. You stop first. It's just <laughs> the Best footage that never made it, that never made it, and oh, then you, the scenes that where where at the cons where um, Nolan's doing stand up, mm-hmm. in, in in the three hours we have three hours of footage of him doing stand up.
0: Well, the behind the scenes stuff has got to just be fantastic on for this. Yeah, There's oh, so that's, much. that's wonderful. I feel like you could
1: just release the con man extended footage and we would all just sit there watching all of the raw footage and yeah. laugh I'm, our butts off
0: i'm I'm a buyer if you do i'm just saying right yeah, yeah. i'm a buyer my vimeo account
2: oh, <laughs> it's all there it's all good it's so good it's so much fun both my daughters are in it cool and they're they're, they're 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 yeah so there's so many you could just have a we should do a watch party where we're just pointing things out in the
1: oh
2: and that there would be a fun watch yeah party yeah there's so many different things but yeah i loved it i miss it wish we could do more it's a That's great show so
1: cool. oh goodness well kind of going off topic of comment a little bit you've spread yourself out through several different disciplines you've writing some content creation producing and even the ceo can be added to that list so is there one mm-hmm. of those hats that you feel more at home with more comfortable with but
2: I'm in gemini <laughs> i gotta do something different all the time i'm trying to do the ones now that just make money i've i've learned the hard way in life that i just i should have stuck with a few but i i jump around as soon as something's done i move on to the next one so i'm kind of settled in on advertising lately um i just need to i'm getting old as i gotta start putting some some nuts away for when i'm older so i've been uh i've really doubled down on the on the advertising side what am i most comfortable with it's just being on set i i love To be on set. If I was a 19 year old kid, I'd be a set rat again. I'd be the kid that just sleeps in their car and then just goes to set there for breakfast there for dinner. Like I just love being on set. And I think that's the reason why I've always stayed so close to Hollywood. I make a joke. I make money in advertising and I go and lose it in Hollywood. Um, (laughs) But it's just, you know, and that's why Red Bear, does. St- even as an agency, we still have this production company and there's equipment everywhere. I a buddy of mine called him and goes, hey, my friend's selling a five-ton truck. He's just, it's full of grip lighting. Go, I'll buy it. And on the other side of this wall here, I just have all the carts and everything from a five-ton grip truck. And it's just, I don't know. I just like equipment. <laughs> it's crazy. You'll find a use for it somewhere somehow, I'm sure.
1: Some people collect funcos. Yeah, I
2: offer to people, if you're making a movie, you want you to bring a truck, come roll it up. I'll give you the best rental rate you ever had. Nice.
1: Yeah, some people collect Funkos, but some people collect production equipment. I do. <laughs> I have a lot. I have a lot. Have a
0: lot. The difference is... Think about them. Yeah. size.
1: Production yeah. equipment is way some, cooler. I got well, some
0: Funkos back here that
2: need a new home. I got some I mean, signed I, ones back in. and and they're just sitting here i I know a guy Uh, do you know anybody do you know anybody
1: i I don't think he has any shelf room left
0: i will make shelf room kathleen you shush your mouth
1: (laughs) (laughs) i've been in that room there's not more room for shelves
0: uh, we got some that some
2: signed ones that are left over from that australian fundraiser fundraiser we did with liam mcintyre and that so we got nice ones we we even have the signed sword from uh a conan that great big sword we've Ooh. got that sitting around back there too yeah people love coming back here and just roaming around and then opening cupboards and looking in the nooks and crannies and going is that what i think it is you're like yep yeah, it is that is
0: that nice that would be me Ooh, what can i find over here Ooh, what's over there oh uh,
1: yeah that would be me can
0: i have this can
1: i have makes me that makes me think I... of the um <laughs> the show <laughs> of the librarians the one with noah wiley where he yeah. Ends up working for the the library in New York, and he's walking through. And he's like, "Is that Excalibur?" Yep. Yes, it is. Yep,
0: yeah, It's right there. <laughs> yeah, except for I, I would be more like trying to do a Jedi hand wave. You don't mm-hmm. notice me. Can't <laughs> walk <work> away with <laughs> You I'm saw nothing. S-
1: I'm going to somehow smuggle this giant sword out of here.
0: Yeah, you saw nothing. It'll be fine. Uh, PJ, one of the things that we've we've come to realize over the last couple of years of doing this show and and having people on the show is that. Content creation is not always an easy thing because we've we've not only do the interview side, but we have a live show on Monday nights. We do a Wednesday afternoon live or we'll review something or do a what we call our top five, a, a lot, you know, five at five. And one of my favorite quotes about content creation or about anything, really, is that, is that we do this not because it's easy, but because we thought it would be easy. And that quote perfectly sums up um, how I began this journey in in podcasting in in, in writing, even and everything else that I've done, because I thought it would be easy. So you know why not? But in your in your journey as a content creator and advertiser or anything else uh, in life, but let's focus on your content creation for Couch Soup. What has been one of the biggest lessons or challenges that you've had to learn about and, and, and adapt to, and really be able to overcome to be able to be successful in what you do?
2: It's a tough question because you know when I grew up. You know, I started as a fashion photographer and back then you couldn't rent stuff. You had to own it, right? And so there was always a price barrier and there was a quality issue. I remember one time I was pitching back in the 90s, I was trying to pitch a a series to the internet about a serial killer and an alien on a road trip. And I was going to do it on the, this thing called the internet. And we were going to shoot with video. And they said to me, they go, they literally said, nobody in the world will ever watch something shot on video. And look at us now, quality, creating quality is what sucks the time out of our lives when it comes to content creation, because we always want it better and bigger and sound better and look prettier and be lit better. I'm a lighting fanatic. And, uh, you know, can I bet get on a bigger camera, better camera, different lens, you know, this move, that move, what piece of equipment, and then the next thing you know, you just lost two years of your life. The content that we see in mass production on social media and such, these people that were born with iPhones in their hand, they don't have that, that barrier was never there for them. And they had unbelievable tools right away. And it was just the only thing holding them back was their imagination. And the hardest one is the ability to say, my stuff is just as good as the next person and I deserve a space on the shelf. That, that, to me, is the biggest problem for most content creators. But we overproduce the hell out of everything. And that's where it takes too much time. And it's done out of pride. It's done out of, you know, the love of doing it. You, I talked about using all the equipment. You say, I just love equipment. But it the, the more you have, the more work it takes, but the easier it is to do better things. I equate making a movie with building a house with like with a butter knife. The more money you have, the less you have to use the butter knife. And it's the same thing. It's, it's, if you're, you got to get, not get addicted to all these things around you. And a good story is a good story. You know I mean you just telling it around a campfire is, is, is enough. Um, but yeah, the content gets bogged down in our quest for the perfect piece of content in my personal opinion.
0: Yeah, I can see that. And for me, one of the, you hit on one of the things that I I think I struggle with the most uh currently is the, uh my stuff is just as good as the next person and it deserves to be on the shelf with them. And so, yeah. you know, I, a, I think, the, yeah, go ahead, please. That's a big thing. That's a big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I think because, you know, there's always a, uh, um, a little bit of that self doubt in the back of your mind of what is what I'm creating going to be enjoyed by more than just me. You know i do this because the the people that i have on the show are people i want to talk to because they've done something that i appreciate or they're they're working on something that i appreciate and there's something cool to their story that that i think needs to be heard by other people and so i, I like that aspect of, of of storytelling and and getting to know people and, and talking to them about the the things that they're doing but there's always the worry in the back of my mind that 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 level of content is not the type of content that people are looking for anymore I tell people that you you don't have to make everybody happy. You just have to make enough people happy,
2: and we're on a planet of seven billion people. You can't tell me you can't get enough people to dig in what you're digging. I mean, come on. I mean, there's so many people, and you just got to keep at it, and you'll you'll get the uh, you'll get the audience. It's noisy lately. It's really noisy. Everybody and their uncle, you know, got online over COVID. It's mm-hmm. noisy. Um, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm seeing that problem the most right now is how does something break out, you know, without being overly sexualized or overly stupid, uh, right. uh, that though, though the good content is hard to get out there. But my wife, my wife does, uh, Marisa Greco.com. She has the mystical guide on the YouTube channel and it's high produced content. And she gets into these doldrums where she doesn't want to do it anymore because there's not enough people watching it. And I'm, you know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm just like, you got to keep going. And you, just, and, you know, you don't have to make everybody happy. If somebody says they don't like this, who cares? They're not the person for the show. Move on. You know, you right. don't need to make everybody. But then you have to define what's enough, right? Like, do if I want to make it my full-time job and only do that, well, enough might not be enough to feed your family. So that's that's yeah. the part. You have to define
0: enough. What, what do you need to live on? I think the definition of enough is always, it's kind of like a moving target. You know, it's. Mm-hmm. It's one day the enough is here and the next day enough is up here. And, you know, you're trying to make sure that, you know, that that the realization of the those two slopes, uh, you know, isn't a slippery one.
2: So yeah, but the, you also got to give yourself credit if you look at it as a life journey. I mean, you know, I don't look I'm in the entertainment business. I love watching movies and I do it every day. But it's, you know, you're out there creating, you're not just consuming. And I do think that there's, I tell that to my kids all the time, don't just be the consumer, be the creator mm-hmm. and uh, drive the story. And I think that 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 in and of itself has a very life fulfilling, it just gets you going on the inside. So you can't get, can't let yourself get down if there's just not enough people paying attention. Uh, there's ways to work on that but just keep at it and if you love it you'll love it and keep doing it i'm gonna open a pizza and wine bar one day and i don't care if it's the only people that go there are me and my buddy because i'm gonna have enough money that i'm just making it for me and my buddy that's that's the enough for me because god go. he makes good pizza there you go so and i drink i drink a lot i mean i'm i'm on a good streak now i've I've tried to pull back i haven't had a drink in um about 16 hours so i'm doing oh, good that, That's that's a good that's a good,
1: so. that's a good streak
0: that's
2: I, like, I have that's you good, just but...
0: slightly beat, but not by much. So,
2: <laughs> I was yeah. It's hard. It, it it really is hard. It's just like you know, and you deserve it. You deserve to be there with everybody else. End of story. And you just got to beat that in your head. You got to write that affirmation down in your morning pages every day. Write that shit down. You deserve to be on that shelf too, and uh, so, and hold yourself to it.
1: So on that on that sort of note, I was actually wondering too that because of how many content creators there are and how sometimes it feels that, that it's just, it's so much, there are so many things being thrown at you. Do you struggle with um, jealousy from other content creators, other people thinking that you've stolen their show, that you've stolen their ideas?
2: I never have jealousy over content creator. And I tell my kids that too, because, you know, and I never shit on somebody's stuff because, they automatically get six out of ten for me for just doing it. Right. Like you right away you get a pass just because you put it in, you had enough courage and you didn't, you put it, you got it out there. I'm a very big believer in that. When it comes to all the trolls on the internet that that compare you or 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 put you down and stuff, like I do not read that. I don't even let it near me. I don't, I know what everybody has a rule, no one's allowed to read it to me. Drew did it once on an episode and kind of came up to me on the side, like sort of, you know, did it quickly. But I just don't need to, to that garbage doesn't help with my creative path on anything I do. So I would never be jealous at somebody else. And when, as far as being accused of copying, I mean, the internet, when you look at those family channels, they are copied like crazy, you know, and I think that that's <laughs> gone. That's gone. But we are very protective, you know, also because we deal, you know, we deal on, on, on things that can be much more litigious. But, mm-hmm. you know, I always say, make sure you got your paper done. You got to do your paper, right? It's like, even with this here, you got to send me something to sign to say that you're I'm allowed to, you're allowed to use my likeness, you know, you can, the recording thing you can try, but. If I became an asshole and went after it, get that thing in paper. And I'm bad with paper. I'm bad. I'm just like, hey, you're my buddy. You're my buddy. Come on, we're just doing this. Nope, get the paper done. Got to get the paper done. Yeah, that's good advice. I
1: just just know that we've struggled a little bit with the. Well, you stole my idea. No, we're just we talk pop culture. You talk pop culture. Deal with it. That was the thing that pop culture. I talk pop
2: culture. I got an I got an idea. I got another, I got an idea for a pop culture show that I'm thinking I'm going to pull off. I'm going to do, I've got, I just gave Drew seven different ideas. We have no time to do them. We have no time, no time whatsoever. But yeah, I wouldn't worry about
0: that. Just block those people.
1: Screw them. Oh yeah, already done.
0: Oh, that's already done. Yeah, that's, that's a, yeah. That ship has sailed. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that that is
1: no longer the SS friendship. That is now just the SS goodbye
2: exactly well there was when con man came out the day before we uh the day before we launched the guys from supernatural had con men and they were going out the very next week to crowdfund and it was just like dude that's a coincidence This was just a and they knew it was a coincidence they hadn't told that you know it was but it was it was what it was that they were doing con and then someone had con woman and then somebody tried to sue me for con man the video game i made because they had a game a con man game based on bernie madoff and it was like we weren't even the same worlds but he tried to sue
0: me that's so okay that's actually kind of funny because they're not yeah it's not anything even identical even close yeah yeah yeah, i mean hey just yeah but learn what hollywood does did Bernie Madoff had kung fu grip and his action? Anyway, I did not. <laughs> I
2: mean, I have that doll right over there, and I found the remote control the other day when we were cleaning up the back. Tell you, this is just a this. We could just turn this place into a museum.
0: Oh, I love it. <laughs> All right, so PJ, on what the, are the wall things- of my office,
2: I have the I have the name plate for the that was taken off the Firefly ship. It's on my wall in my office
0: under my light light <laughs> plate. People turn the light on and off; they don't even know. Oh, Oh, great. Googly Muggly. Yeah. You need to come visit and steal a few things. I mean, I need to come visit. Uh, (laughs) All right, PJ, one of the things we love to know about our guests is when they come to the show is what helped make them who they are, how they got to be who they are, all these different things. What is the origin uh, of their awesomeness? This is part of the story that we like to hear. So, in the story of PJ Harzma, what is the earliest influence in your life that you can remember that directed you to become the person you are today? You know, I didn't start out to be this. I quit med school.
2: I was—I have a degree in science. I was going to be a doctor. I was going to be a surgeon, and uh, I think the thing that I had a girlfriend at the time, and she was a model, and uh, I quit school, and I became a photographer, and I opened a modeling agency, and here I am. I mean, honestly, that would be the thing that changed everything. And you know, if you really want to get the impetus behind it. I was only being a doctor for my parents. I was just doing it for them. It was never, there was never any passion in it for me. I, I actually would pass out at the sight of blood. I did it my first year in, in school. When you have to take blood out of each other, I, I passed out. Uh, Dean was like, you got to move on. I'm like, yeah, I do. Um, and uh, and I was always had a creative spirit in me. I always, I won an art contest in grade like two. I, I, I was always, I I used to sell my art on the street when I was in middle school to make money to buy hockey cards, Uh, I was always an artist. And then it was, and then after that, I kind of, I really got into production and loved the set stuff. And, uh, the next change, the next evolution of, of me was the writing and, uh, and unlocking that, unlocking that level to my avatar. And, uh, and that opened up a whole different set of doors. And then, The next part, I think I'm in a new one right now where I'm kind of settling into this role of business owner and and running a business and 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 learning that I have 28 employees that rely on me now and the art side is kind of slipping away. I don't get I don't get to do it much. But then people will pull me back in. So me and my buddy Frank Bedore, the guy that uh, made something about Marion, wrote the Looking Glass Wars. We spent the weekend together, and we're kicking our books up again. We're gonna—I'm going to write the software. I'm going to write the fifth in the software series. Nice. And he's—he's uh, he's working on a, on an on another LGW book, and then we're also looking at doing this. We've had this idea for this high school story and this high school game for years. So I always come back to it, no matter how much I. I, you know, deviate to take care of my family and the people I love, you know, with money. Uh, I, I can't take that artist out of me. And and why I have it, God, I don't know. There's nobody in my family's an artist. Nobody, uh, nobody promoted it. I used to have a band. My parents would tell the guitar teacher never to come to the house. I mean, nobody supported art at my house. So
0: that's interesting. Yeah. No, I was just saying, it's interesting that you would be able to overcome those things, which would seem like for most people to be insurmountable hurdles because they weren't getting the support that they needed to be able to move forward.
2: Or it's just blind ignorance that you don't think you can do it, right? Like you don't well, think well, I mean, there's that do it like if I look back now and someone goes, Oh, we're gonna write four novels, I'd be like, Are you crazy? Do you know what that takes? <laughs> it's just the stupidity of not knowing that just makes you do it. I mean, I've made a movie, I've made TV shows, I've had my stuff in art galleries. I the, the only thing I don't have is a song on the radio, I just well, there's, can't. It's there's just still like, time, there's a I, yeah, there's still time. I there's a challenge to to fix something or to put it together, or as I say with on Redbird, make things better. I'm always I'm always into that. And when we did Con Man, it was the same way. Alan had the same spirit It's like, how do we do this better all the time? We we're always trying to make it funnier and and sh- and he would have relied on me just like make it look good. And we did. And and together we had to have the best people do it. And and uh and when you have a team of people like that around you and that is pure by luck, uh magic happens that's when the real magic happens so um yeah
0: i, I miss comment a lot uh yeah we miss having it you know new episodes of it so you know anytime you guys want to bring it back we're, we're down with it just throwing that out there just go ahead yeah well, maybe, we're, we're, maybe maybe when uh, resident alien's done there you go mm-hmm. so thinking about all that makes me wonder about this so one of the questions i also like to ask about people or, or ask people of rather is you know, sometimes when when we're we're looking at who and what a person is, we look at the the shows that kind of help shape them or form them. Like if you're looking at a story of me and you go like, well, what were his impetuses in 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 the sci-fi world and getting into the things that he got into? It would be Star Wars, hands down. That's that's where my my nerd home is. That's where I, I fly my geek flag. E- even today, that's you know, I I'm every Tuesday night right now with Ahsoka coming out nine o'clock. I'm sitting at my my TV phone is in silent mode. Nobody gets to bother me. I'm watching star Wars. That's just the way it is. Is there, is there a place where you fly your geek flag these days where you're just like, man, this, this really has a hold on me. Something outside of your creation realm.
2: Yeah. Well, I know, I know how things started for me. Cause I, you know, I dropped out of English in grade 10. I hated writing. I didn't like the books they gave us. And out of sheer boredom, up at the cottage in Canada, it was raining for three days. I read a book that my mom had bought from the Five and Dime, no cover on it. And I was, I was like, what the hell is this? And it was Shining by Stephen King. Mm. No, it was oh, Carrie. Yeah. It, it was Carrie. It was Carrie. And that got me into the horror genre and i was really i anything came out horror and then i read orson scott card's enders game And now when that when that book, when that book came to me, now I was into the science part of my life. And I was really if I if I did it all over again and I had to stay in the sciences, I would have stayed I would have gone into like astrophysics or physics of some because outer space to me is that's where I hang my hat. So although I'm not a a, a Star Wars nut, I mean, I remember going into seeing it with my grandfather when it came out in the movie theater. I, and I loved it. The, the, the second set, but I didn't, it ruined it for me, but I still love science fiction. I'll watch anything. Like, anything comes my way. I'll watch it. I'm watching right now. Um, uh, invasion season two invasion on Apple plus TV. Oh, yeah, Have you yeah. seen that show? Yes. That's really good. That's really good. Uh, and then inside the sci-fi genre, it's the time travel books. I'm really big into that. Okay. Um, but, uh, I'm, uh, there's no, I'm not into one, you know, I'm not like a a, a Star Wars versus a Battlestar Galactica or, you know, a Dune versus Lord of the Rings or something. I just love it all. I just love the world building. I love the mm-hmm. imagination. I want to go. I tell my family, if aliens arrived, I'm out. If they're looking for people to go home with them, I'm out. I'm sorry,
0: guys. I'm right? gone.
2: I'm just <laughs> fascinated by what's off this blue marble.
0: I love it. Yeah, I used to be a Star Wars versus Star Trek guy. I was always, you know, uh, but in the last couple of years, Strange New Worlds really kind of ruined that for me. And now I'm actually finding myself enjoying Star Trek as well. Yeah, it's good. Good. That's Worlds. a really good one. But I
2: started with Star Trek, so that was my first sci-fi. And then Twilight Zone and and The Outer Limits, that, that's mm-hmm. that's got me into that that stuff. But I did start in the horror world, so I was kind of demented and a little tweaked. But then uh, Orson, I was an Orson Scott card freak. Uh, so more, mine was more books than movies because when in the late '60s, early '70s, you, you, the only science fiction was on television. You know, Star Wars was the first real movie. You know, the first sci-fi movie in the theaters that you got to have that experience with. Right. And I was a little older then. What what year? When did that come out? Seventy-seven. Seventy-seven. Yeah.
0: Seventy-nine.
2: Seventy-seven. Seventy-seven. So start. Yeah. 13 i was 13 so i'm 13 in 77 and canada you're already drinking trying to get girls i mean you know your, your friends are trying to grow mustaches uh so we're we're moving away we're moving away from from those there but yeah i love star wars too just not i'm not like drew You're my partner drew he is freaking nuts about star wars and um I get it. Uh, we went, Nathan took us to, uh, it's like, I can't go to Disneyland anymore uh, because when you do the VVIP, it's just it ruins you, right? It's like <laughs> when you fly first class on the Air Emirates Airlines, you're like, I cannot right. fly anything else again. So not only have we done things like had the whole uh, California side park closed down for us to do whatever we want to do, We went to the Star Wars and you know where they make your own Star Wars, you make your lightsabers. Mm -hmm. We had the place to ourselves. So we went in there and we just had the run of the land making these lightsabers. I don't, I came back with a, like with. This many of them into the studio, and I don't <laughs> think Drew spoke to me for like two weeks, and uh and Fair. i would, they were they were over, they were over here in the room just sitting there, and I never did anything with them. I just left them there. And then the other day, I get a text. He goes, "Where are the lightsabers?" And I'm like, "I took them to storage. They were in the way." He's like, "Oh," I'm like, "Why did you do you need it or something? Do you want me to go get?" It? He goes, "No, I just 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 wanted to use it for something." Nice
1: i <laughs> just wanted to play with it just you know it's a nice distraction i just want to take I it mean, out just
2: want to take my lightsaber out
1: people I don't just have lightsabers where they can reach them at any time
2: yeah i'm gonna i gotta take i'm gonna mount them on the walls i'm gonna i gotta i think i got six of them i'm gonna mount them all like all, one from every faction so whatever many there are so i'm gonna take them and mount them really sexy on the walls
1: that would be fantastic i do have i have two mounted above my window and then the other one, the okay. one that I can actually what kind of mounts to do you
2: use to keep like, is there a special mount for them you can buy?
1: Oh, uh, the one that I bought is just like a it's just like a plastic sword mount. Um,
2: oh, that would work. Oh, I never thought of that.
0: Yeah.
1: But one of the other recommendations I've seen if you want to hang them, if you want to hang them vertically, is if you use like the the mop holders.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. It could, you would guitar- just snap in. Or, yeah.
1: They, or the guitar
2: and like- the guitar holders. I was mm-hmm. thinking about, but I was thinking about putting them across. But yeah, maybe they should be vertical. That would be better. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah,
1: I like that. I've got, the, I've got two of them horizontal above my window, which is really cool. But then the other one's my daughter's that I just have where I can reach it to show it off on the show.
0: It's nice. She gets that line exactly. Well, Give her the full Anakin. So, all right, PJ, uh, we like to end our show on what we call our silly question. You can answer this as silly or as serious as you like. Now, uh, we've been asking this particular question for a little while because we came to realize that, well, as an adult, people stop asking you this question and we think that's stupid. We think it should be asked more often. PJ Harzma, what's your favorite dinosaur?
2: I'm gonna go old school. So you gotta go with the T-Rex, right? Cause that's just like the alpha dinosaur in that. But if where my heart lies is in the Brontosaurus. Cool. And I think it, I think it's from the Flintstones growing up with the Flintstones and remember how they would have the Bronto, uh-huh. the, the small the, and Brontosaurus burgers. I'd be like, wow, they're your friends, but you're eating them. That's weird. You know, they would have the big ribs. that would come out. So I always had the affinity for the Brontosaurus. And I remember in the first star, uh, first, um, uh uh jurassic park when they turn the camera around right oh, and they look yeah. and they see them yeah. coming through the through the
0: th- i'd be like well that's cool that's cool, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> yeah cool." Oh, yeah where he, yeah, sits no and he turn, turns question. her head her turns her head to look yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Hey, and, it is yeah, it's more. one of those
1: questions that you get asked a lot as a kid and then when you're as an adult people are like i don't care what your favorite dinosaur. It's like why not it's exciting yeah.
0: dinosaurs are cool uh,
2: we should talk we, about them we have a lady at work and her kids are really into dinosaurs and i asked them that question once and i think they're still answering me
1: oh yeah <laughs> i'm sure
0: <laughs> i'm sure i bet yeah fantastic my,
1: my daughter can list off her favorite dinosaur my husband's favorite dinosaur my mother-in-law's favorite dinosaur mine it's like the the kid who can't say yellow correctly can say parasaurolophus and and kylosaurus I'm a little alone nerd. in
2: the nerd world in my house. My daughters aren't into it. I've tried. I've tried to get them into science fiction. I've got my oldest into horror a bit now. My wife's not into it. I, I'm I'm kind of alone in my nerdum at at uh, at home. I'm 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 by myself. That's why I love God. the communities like these and the communities we created with Couch Soup and where it's just a lot of people that can just nerd out on this and nobody gives them shit for it. And that's what exactly I love.
1: exactly. Yeah, I, I get that. Part of the
0: reason why we do what we do here. Yeah. So, very cool.
1: Oh goodness, PJ, thank you so much for being on our show with us tonight. Where can our viewers our and our listeners go to find out more about your work and what you've got coming?
2: Well, I mean, there's two main things. I mean, unless you're trying to hire an advertising agency, yeah, there's two main things. Uh, PJHarzman.com if you want to see the Softwire books, but they're also on Couch Soup. So the Softwire books is, is if you don't know, they're the World Inside Con Man, The Rings of Orbis, is based upon my books. So the lore, which is parallel to Firefly, because we couldn't use Firefly, is based on my softwire novels. So those are back out in print. Uh, you can get them at Amazon or you can get them at couchsoup.com Uh and uh, give them a read. You'll love them. It's about a group of kids who get orphaned in outer space and sold as slaves to aliens, really uplifting kind of feel good thing. Um, and then we had, yeah. And then for, for geeks like us, we have the uh, couchsoup.com and it's a community of people that love to talk about pop culture and they write in every, all, every it's all written by fans uh, and it's grown into a huge community and it's getting a little respect around town. They're getting their, they're getting all their uh, press licenses or credentials when we go to cons and stuff, and we've we've got a few shows on there now. We've got like trailer talk and cracked, and we have one right now about uh, uh, is Ahsoka? Am I saying it right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ahsoka, the new yeah. Star Wars. Ahsoka. Yeah. we've got a new a new uh, show on that one too, and they're all by fans, so it's not uh, there's no corporate crap. It's it's really good. So couchsoup.com. Love there's it. memberships. You can do it for free. Or you can uh, you can join. Oh, I was a story I wanted to tell you about what we've just been talking about. Do I have a sec? Can I tell the story? We have all the time you need. So in Couch couch Soup, right, it's it's really about fandom and it's really a place and they and there's a lot of Firefly people, a lot of con man people that came there. And then the retro replay crowd came and it's a really positive community. In our memberships, it's free, but there's members there's you can pay up to I think it's $100 a month for a, for a, a membership and they all have different perks. So the one at the end you get to have every month you get to have a, a one hour phone call with me and Drew and you get to we are basically hired to help you get your project to life. And so this one kid Tyson Hadfield, you know, came in. And uh, there was a few people in that, but Tyson was is really aggressive with it in a good way. And uh, so he pitched us his idea. We helped shape his idea. He's just this kid in Utah that has, has a dream about being a director in Hollywood. And last week, he got to come to Hollywood and shoot the teaser for his project with the cast, sorry, with the crew of The Rookie. And we Oops. put it all together for him inside Couch Soup. And it was just part of his membership. So that's, that's
1: fantastic.
2: A fun, it's a fun place to come and hang out. So it's it's called uh, the Adventures of Chuck Valentine. And this is it's basically this mental illness problem. But this guy believes he is the werewolf, a cowboy and a superhero. And it's sort of like this Sybil thing going on in his head.
1: Ooh. So oh, interesting. Uh, he, okay. He,
2: He's so happy, and he's had he just like he was He was crying on set here talking about it because he had, it was just like his dream had come true by signing up to a pop culture website. How cool so those is that? Make me feel good.
0: Yeah, that's super cool. Totally not over here making notes about all of this, but yeah, okay,
1: <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, not at all. Well, we will Advice definitely, from PJ.
0: got it. Okay,
1: we will definitely <laughs> link Couch Soup for everybody because I, I'm already. As you're talking, scrolling through the website with the it's a own. really super Man. cool website, by the way. It is a really super cool website.
0: Totally not jealous. It about hours. Hours. Yeah. Totally oh. not jealous how it outclasses our website, but uh, that's not the point. But
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We're not going to have jealousy with other content creators, Tim. <sighs> yeah.
0: That's we, not how we belong we on that on the shelf.
1: Podcast. We belong on that shelf. All right. <laughs>
0: Guys, I want to remind you that subscribing is the single most important thing you can do to ensure that we get more amazing guests like PJ Harzma here today to have funny moments and these amazing stories for you guys to be able to listen to. Please subscribe. It helps us well more than we can ever really tell you. And go check out Couch Soup. You Honestly, you won't be disappointed. And if by now we haven't convinced you to watch Con Man, come step closer. We will hit you over the head with a mallet and force you to watch it uh, at some point because it's freaking phenomenal. Uh, Amazon Prime. That's where you'll find it. Anyway, if for whatever reason you are not happy with the content of our show today, please feel free to lodge a complaint with the head of our complaint department. That, of course, is Bobby. That's Ray Nearly's convention agent. Sure, she's not evil, but Bobby also doesn't have an honest bone in her body. So just know that when you submit your complaint, And we suggest triplicate because, (laughs) hell, if she loses it, she's going to find a way for it to be your fault. But just know that you can be under the spotlight for receiving the retribution for being wrong. She will be, however, assisted at at all times by her lady screamer stunt double. They will find a way to pay back the offending party, but also in a way that works best for them in the long run. So honestly, probably better not to complain. Just suck it up, Buttercup. And we know that we suck, so it's okay. We're still kind of almost working on it. Thanks guys for hanging out. PJ. Thanks so much for being on the show. And uh, that's going to wrap us up for the FSF podcast. Goodbye. Thanks for having us guys. Thank you. Bye everybody. Copyright 2023 FSF podcast. Reference to any specific product or entity mentioned on this podcast does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by FSF podcast. The views expressed by the guests are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. If you have any questions about this disclaimer, please contact us via email at info at fsfpopcast.com.
1: Original music by Jordan Michaels.